you're listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Danica Ellis. This is episode number 400.5. And today I'm going to tell you about a couple of my favorite queer books by Black authors. I hope that the first month of 2023 treated you well. It's a bit of write-off for me, honestly, so I am looking at this year with a lot of suspicion. It feels like we're about due for a nice, easy, gentle year, but given the general state of the world, I guess this one isn't it. But of course, books are always a source of comfort. Well, usually I read less during stressful times. I have actually been listening to a ton of audiobooks lately, especially ones that I don't have to think too hard about, and they offer a nice distraction. So I'm glad that books and reading are complementary to any life circumstance. But enough about the garbage fire that was my January. Let's talk about February, which is, of course, Black History Month. We should be reading Black authors all year long, of course, but I definitely want to use this opportunity to promote some of my favorites, which is why I am talking about a couple of Black authors writing queer books that I absolutely loved. But before I get into that, I do want to mention that we are currently hiring a full stack web developer, and you can check out more about that at riotnewmedia.com slash careers and get your resumes in by February 28th. Come work with us. We would love to have you. It's such a great working environment. So I hope to see you there. And if you are looking for a present for Valentine's Day slash Galentine's Day, or you just want to give a friend something nice, think about gifting tailored book recommendations. This is where our professional book nerds will give your gifty recommendations based on what they love, what they don't. They fill out a little survey. They can talk about their reading goals and we give them recommendations. And even the biggest bookish people who think that there's no way they need more recommendations, the people who have tried it, I can say have really appreciated it. We always could do with more recommendations. So you should check it out. TBR has plans for every budget. You can surprise your bookish boo with tailored book recommendations this Valentine's by visiting mytbr.co slash gift. All right into the books. So first, I'm going to cheat. And I'm going to tell you about a book that is not backlist because it came out in September. But I just finished reading it. I was absolutely blown away. So just gonna just a few sentences about it. Just so you know about it. It's the black period on personhood, race and origin by Hafiza Augustus Geter. And this is a memoir by a poet. So the writing is absolutely beautiful. It really takes the concept of the personal as political to a new level. Basically, she says that she can't tell her own story without telling the story of her parents, and she can't tell that story without telling the story of racism and colonialism across the U.S. and Nigeria. This is so thought-provoking and gorgeous. It includes paintings from her father throughout. She also discusses how her queerness and disability intersect with the rest of the story. It's one I definitely want to reread because there's so much to dig into. I'm sure I'll talk about it in like a year on another All the Backlist episode, but I had to cheat and recommend it now because I just finished it and I love it so much. But 
for my actual picks, I wanted to recommend two queer books by Black authors that I absolutely loved. One is a contemporary YA novel, and one is a military fantasy novel. They're very different, but they are both excellent. And before I get into that, let's take a quick break for a sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by W.W. Norton and Company Incorporated. So Negative Space by Jillian Linden follows a week in the life of an English teacher at a New York private school. At home, her children ask constant questions about mortality and her husband offers occasional counsel between Zoom calls. At school, something happens. She accidentally witnesses an ambiguous, possibly inappropriate interaction between a teacher and a student. But how can she be sure of what she saw? Negative Space is a portrait of a woman caught between the pressures of what's normal and what isn't, and examines what we owe the people who depend on us in a fractured and indifferent world. It's a debut novel and a short novel. It's perfect if you want something quick and easy to carry around, but it's also thought-provoking. It takes place during the pandemic, but it's not pandemic-focused, and it really just looks at everyday anxieties and low-threat situations that have high consequences. So make sure to check out Negative Space by Jillian Linden. And thanks again to W.W. Norton and Company Incorporated for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95 and she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Elena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so my first book is Full Disclosure by Cameron Garrett. This was Cameron Garrett's debut novel in 2019. She has since published Off the Record in 2021 and Friday I'm in Love last month. Friday I'm in Love is about a queer teen throwing a coming out party in lieu of a sweet 16, complete with a rainbow gown. I am so excited to read it. I think that one looks amazing. And I already know that I love her writing because I love this book. It is about Simone, a teenager who has been HIV positive since birth. It's managed with medication, but at her last school, the stigma drove her to change schools, so she hasn't told anyone about it. And then just as she becomes director of the school play and starts thinking she has a chance with her crush, though, just when everything seems to be going well, she starts getting blackmail notes threatening to out her if she doesn't stay away from her crush, which is awful. So one of the things that I really loved about this book is the queer community. 
Simone slowly starts to come to terms with her being bisexual over the course of the novel. She originally thinks that because she has a preference for guys most of the time, she can't claim that label. But there are also so many other queer characters. Simone has two dads who thought it was fitting to adopt an HIV-positive baby after losing so many friends to HIV and AIDS. One of her best friends is also bisexual, and the other is an asexual lesbian. This is an interesting book to try to describe because some elements are pure joy. She has this strong network of support with her friends, even if there's some miscommunication there. She is really into musical theater. That plays a big role. The romance is absolutely adorable. But then there's that blackmail and the stigma that she has to face. And I think that Full Disclosure does a really good job of balancing these so that they mesh together well. You're not bouncing between emotional extremes. Instead, it shows that HIV-positive teens can have happy, fulfilling lives, and that they also have to worry about unfair, hateful treatment. They can be carefree in most aspects of their lives and also have to take their health very seriously. Writing this, talking about this book made me realize I need to bump up her other books on my TBR because this was so well done. And did I mention that the author was 19 when this was published? When it was published. So when she wrote the first draft, she wrote it during NaNoWriMo when she was 16. She was one of Teen Vogue's 21 Under 21 in 2018. She started writing professionally at 13 as a reporter for Time for Kids and finished her first novel, which is not published when she was 15. She's absolutely amazing. I'm going to resist staring at a wall and contemplating my life's accomplishments and instead just celebrate her accomplishments. She writes fantastic books about queer black teens. So don't forget to also check out her other YA novels. Off the Record is about a teen journalist who is deciding whether or not to break a Me Too story about a male celebrity. And now that I know that she was a teen reporter, that makes it even more interesting. And then there's Friday I'm in Love, which is a bisexual rom-com about throwing a huge coming out party. It sounds so fun. And then this one, her debut novel, is Full Disclosure, and that's by Cameron Garrett. And then my second book I want to talk about, very different genre, very different tone, that is The Unbroken by C.L. Clark. So my pick for my most anticipated new release of 2023 is The Faithless, which is the sequel to this one. It comes out in March. The cover reveal for that one, by the way, was released with the title, The Faithless Cover is Giving Big Lesbian Energy, which is very true. And the author also has a TikTok where she shows that cover to a friend who turns away and covers her eyes and says, I can't, I'm too gay for this. It's like looking into the sun, which is very realistic and just the proper response to seeing that cover for the first time. And that was after the sapphic literary sphere all had hard eyes for the unbroken cover and specifically her arms since it was released. But I'm getting distracted. (laughs) I should talk about the actual book. So when I first finished The Unbroken, I wasn't sure that I would be continuing with the series. It is a complex military fantasy based on French occupation of North Africa, and it is brutal. It made for a 
grim read a lot of the time, and I want to give content warnings for rape, hangings, violence, war, death, and more. I would recommend looking them all up if there is something specific that you would like to know about, because there are a lot of content warnings for this one. It follows two main characters, Turain and Luca. Turain was conscripted into the army as a child. She is determined to be the perfect soldier and rise up in the ranks, though her race means that she's never respected by the higher-ups, no matter how outstanding she is, no matter how good a soldier she is. And then there's Luca, who is a white disabled princess of the colonial force, who is determined to get her rightful throne back from her uncle. She wants the rule to be less violent, but she has no intentions of pulling out from the area. She wants peace as a means of power and control. Both these characters are deeply flawed and complicated. Luca makes Turain her assistant as a way to gain power, though Turain has little choice in the matter. This is a tense, fraught relationship. They both find themselves drawn to the other, but then they quickly end up on opposite sides of a war. There is definitely a romantic angle here, but it is not a romance. It is a compelling and unsettling dynamic. I was also surprised at how the author lets both characters make big, catastrophic mistakes and then just live with the consequences. So after almost 500 pages of bleakness, of this toxic relationship, this push and pull between Luca and Terrain, the gut punches of those mistakes and their consequences, it wasn't necessarily a story I wanted to come back to. And yet I could not stop thinking about it. I felt completely wrung out after I finished reading that book. But now I can't wait to get my hands on book two. It was not an easy read, but it's a book that grapples with the messiness and the horrors of colonialism. It has main characters who are selfish, short-sighted, even cruel at times, and yet so compelling. Sometimes a book improves in your memory, and this is one of those. I definitely appreciate this book even more the longer that I've sat with it. I recognized the skill in it as I was reading it, but I was so overwhelmed at the time that that's why I wasn't sure if I would return to the series. But now I feel like I've recovered and I am emotionally ready for C.L. Clark to devastate me in book two. So much happens in that first book. I wrote a thousand word review at the Lesbury about it, and I still feel like I barely scratched the surface. So I can't comprehend where the story will go in the next two volumes because I it's already so big. I feel like the scope is going to be huge, but I am here for it. And that is The Unbroken, which is the first book in the Magic of the Lost series by C.L. Clark. So those are all the books that I have for you today. Thank you so much to our sponsor. Thank you to our audio editor, Jen Zink. And thank you for listening. For more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. And don't forget that we are hiring a full stack web developer. So if you know what that means, then there's a good chance that you're 
qualified because I I didn't know what that meant. So you can check that out at riotnewmedia.com slash careers. And that is accepting resumes until the 28th, February 28th. And also remember to check out tailored book recommendations, consider giving it this Valentine's Day. And you can find that at mytbr.co slash gift. You can find a list of all the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. And remember, if you are a fan of all the books and all the backlist, and you want to show us some love, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We sincerely appreciate it, and your reviews help other book lovers find us. If you want to find me, you can do that at lesbury.com. That's L-E-S-B-R-A-R-Y.com for my sapphic book blog. I also run the Book Riot newsletter, Our Queer Shelves, which comes out twice a week. You can kind of find me on Twitter, Danica Ellis. That's D-A-N-I-K-A-E-L-L-I-S. And in the meantime, happy reading.